Oh yeah, People's Champ Radio. We in the building, man. Roy Mag right here with you. Sunday afternoon, man. Y'all know what to do. Hit up that YouTube channel, man. Rate, comment, subscribe. People's Champ Radio. Also, the podcast center of iTunes. We over there as well. iHeartRadio, we coming. FEDDPC, man. That's the plug. No Chaser Radio. That's the movement, man. What's going on, man? I know we did the big show last week, man. We went on for two hours, man. That's what we do. Sometimes we get to going, man, on people's champ, man. It just do what it do. You feel me? What's up with everybody, though, man? Let me check in for this week. Cash is getting it popping right now, man. So I'm rolling dolo solo. But it's all good, you dig? Let's make this do what it do, man. NCAA tournament is in full, full, full swing in terms of crowning a champion. We are just about there. Final four is coming up. Three of the four teams are set. Michigan. Villanova. And Loyola, Chicago. Those are the three teams that I said right now currently playing for that fourth spot. And we should know the winner before the end of this program. So I'll be able to do it live, right? Duke and, uh, Duke and Kansas playing for the final final four spot. Let's see what happens, man. Let me talk my shit about the NCAA tournament, though. A lot of people didn't like what I had to say last week in regards to the NCAA tournament and my, my uh, opinion about it. My opinion has not changed, right? Um, for whatever reason, people think when there are upsets, when there is a quote-unquote Cinderella, that somehow that's good for the tournament, that's good for basketball. No, 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 no. Understand, it's one thing, one reason why people love March Madness, the way that they do. It's one reason. What? Well, one and a half, right? I'll give you half the reason is because it's a great excuse to get unbelievably drunk um, and hang out. So it's a that's always a good thing, right, for a sporting event. But the main reason people love NCAA tournament is the gambling. That's the 100% main reason anybody loves the, the NCAA tournament is because of the gambling. This is why football is so popular, is because of gambling. This is why the NCAA tournament is so popular. Whenever you have a single elimination tournament, it's perfect for gambling. A series is bad for gambling um, because it's it can change. It can swing right from game to game injury. Um, something happened. A team gets down quick. You know what I mean? So a series is actually not really good for betting because basically, you know, what are you, are you going to bet the winner of the series? Or are you going to bet each game? Are you going to bet how many games? It's very difficult betting on a series. But when you start talking about a single elimination tournament with 64 or 68 teams, how many, how, 68 teams, how many teams it is now, over the course of a couple of weeks, it's a lot of money to be made there. And you do it. You do it every single day, man. You do it every single day or, or every single year, should I say, this time, NCAA tournament. How many of y'all right now have brackets and y'all are in multiple pots with multiple brackets? It's the gambling, man. That's why it's so intently watched. 
What are the scores? Who's winning? Who's up? Who's down? Most people don't even care t- technically about who wins the tournament. They just want to get the most amount of games right to win their, to win whatever pool they're in. So y'all can miss me with the whole NCAA tournament is a great thing to, uh, as, as a great sporting event. Because here's the deal, right? Especially those of you who are pushing this Cinderella thing. Right? Here's the thing. If Loyola Chicago was that good, and they're not, and the reason I'm saying they're not is because I didn't hear anybody talking about Loyola Chicago before the tournament. Not anybody in, in, in media and not any of you dumbass fans that are now talking about Loyola Chicago. So stop acting like they were this national big kept or uh, best kept secret, right? So cut that out because that's a little bit disingenuous. Not shitting on Loyola, right? You get in the tournament and you got an opportunity, allegedly, right? But you get in the tournament, you got an opportunity, right? And they're doing their thing, you dig? But let's explore this further. Because you have certain conferences who get multiple teams in. Not all, the te- not all of those teams are necessarily ranked in the top 25, but they get multiple teams in. Because people say, well, that conference was a really strong conference, so they, they deserve five, six, seven teams in the, in, the, in the tournament. Well, Loyola is in the final four. We don't think that their conference was tough. They went 32-5 and five this year on the season, so that's a really successful season, 32-5. and five. Apparently, though, the committee didn't put a lot, a lot of stock in the teams that they played. Understand, Loyola is only in the tournament because they won their conference tournament. Had they not won that conference tournament, 100% chance they are not in the, they are not in the NCAA tournament. Had they went 32-6 and six, or 31-6, and six, and that six was the conference uh, championship game, they would be maybe not even in the NIT. Because you understand the NIT is trying to get those popular teams that get get left out to make a little money. So they may not even be in NIT. They may be in like the CIAA or something like that, right? That's the reality for these types of schools. The UMBCs of the world. Again, UMBC only made it to the tournament because the kid Lyles hit a game-winning shot in their conference tournament. If he doesn't make that shot, a bailout game-winning shot in the conference championship game, they're not even in the tournament. Now, some people will try to spin that and say, well, that's the beauty of this. No, no, no. It's not the beauty of it. It's the crock of bullshit of it. And I'll tell you why. I said it last week. I'll repeat it again. Even the referees get caught up in March Madness. Right? Even the referees get caught up in it. Watch... No one's talking about it because I understand, I, I'm, you know, I got to be the only quote unquote conspiracy theory back here. Right. But here's the reality. Watch a lot of these games and see from game to game, depending on what officiating crew you get and what two teams are playing. They are officiated extremely different. Extremely different. I've watched some games where it was super tight. I watched the, the Kentucky. Uh, what was that? Who was that? Kentucky, Kansas State game. Listen, it was so many fouls in that game. So many fouls in that game. It, 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 was, it was difficult to watch. I'm watching the game, and it's just foul after foul after foul, they're calling, and everybody's in foul trouble. Now, on the flip side of that, I watched Michigan State and, and – uh, I'm sorry, I watched Michigan and Florida State. <clears throat> excuse me, Michigan and Florida State. And in that particular game, they quote-unquote let them play. So guys are getting smacked, people are getting mugged, a lot of contact going to the goal, 
lot of no calls. So when you're in a single elimination type tournament, it's very difficult, man. You don't know what officiating crew you're going to get. You don't know what they're going to allow. And it's it's tough, right? Um, it is, a, is the NCAA tournament fun? Yes, it's fun. I'm not going to sit here and be the Grinch. But it's a little bit of bullshit. And, and, and a lot of people buy into it. So right now, right now the narrative is, is that, hey, anybody can win this tournament. Not really, right? I just told you the teams that are in the final four, that are going to be in the final four right now, right? And right now, Duke and, uh, Duke and Kansas are playing. Kansas is the one seed. Duke is the two seed. So it was chalk on that particular, in that particular region, right? So let's say uh, Kansas wins. Right now, Kansas is down 68-67, 3.36 to play in the game. But let's say Kansas wins. They're number one seed. Well, then they will be playing Villanova, who's also a number one seed. Those two teams will be playing for the right to go to the championship game. On the other side, you would have Michigan, who's a three seed, playing Loyola, who's an 11 seed. Now, understand, my philosophy in the NCAA tournament has always been very, very, very concrete. It can't be a surprise win if anybody who is a top four seed wins the tournament. I always felt like, yo, if you're a top four seed, right, because they have four separate regions. So if you're a top four seed, um, you're a pretty good team, at least nationally, right? Nationally, people thought you were a pretty good team. You're in the top 16 in the country, right? Um, allegedly. And... In my book, that's not a shocker, a surprise, or anything like that if one of those teams win. I know a lot of people try to make it seem that way. I'm a little smarter than those people because I understand that this is a tournament. It's a long tournament. And matchups, it's kind of like boxing, how they say styles make fights. Matchups make games in basketball. So just because... So you, you can have a four seed on, on, uh, on the same side as a one seed, and if, those, and if those two teams were to play, the one seed might win 10 out of 10 times. The problem is, is before they get to that game, that one seed may play another seed who, for whatever reason, is just a bad matchup for them. And matchups become everything. They really do, and this is why I think Michigan is going to be able to write their, uh, going to be able to punch their ticket to the to the championship game. I think Michigan beats Loyola easy. Well, let me let me back up. Let me not say easy because I know people are going to take that the wrong way. But I think they beat Loyola. I don't think it's going to be um, a down to the wire. And, and, and listen, if it turns out to be that way, God bless them. But I think Michigan um, should is going to be able to win that game. It was funny because I thought had. Um, had uh, Kentucky beat Kansas State, I was thinking to myself, my God, think about Kentucky. They're a five seed, up and down, up up and down season with those young kids. If they beat K State, then they have to beat Loyola. They would have had to have beaten Loyola Chicago to get to the Final Four. And my goodness, you know what I mean? If, if you're Kentucky, you gotta be licking your chops. But K State pulled it out. And from, that's what I'm talking about from a matchup standpoint. I thought Loyola had a much better chance against Kansas State. I thought if they played Kentucky from a matchup standpoint, it was a nightmare for them. And so he took care of business. And we'll see. We'll see what happens with this game. Uh, two Blue Bloods playing right now. Villanova. I'm sorry. Two Blue Bloods playing right now in Kansas and Duke. Villanova took care of business against Texas Tech today. 71-59 over Tech. 
good season for Tech, but again, had Tech. And, and, and this is why, again, let me just talk my shit one more time about the brackets and about the tournament. This is why everything becomes important because Tech is a really good team, maybe even seeded a little too low at three. Some people thought they probably uh, could have been a two seed, really good team all season. And they just happen to be on that side of the bracket. Now, what if they would have been on the other side of the bracket? What if they would have been in, an, in another region where some of these upsets happened, right? And all of a sudden now you got that tech team having to go against some of these higher seeded teams that knocked off one and two seeds. Tech could easily be punching their ticket to the final four. So, you know, as much as playing well is important, this tournament does not crown the best team in college basketball. And I think that's what really, I don't want to say annoys me, but that is the part that for me as a person who enjoys finality to things, as a person who likes to see something come to its ultimate conclusion, that's why this tournament always has kind of been like, you know, especially in years when there's not that one dominant team, right? So there have been years where there was a team that was super dominant, and if and if and when they win the championship, you sit back and you feel like, okay, the the right team won, right? UNLV in '91, Duke in '92, right? Super dominant teams, and when they won, he said, okay, that was the best team. That Anthony Davis Kentucky team, right? Some of those Duke squads that have won, you like, you know what? That team was the best team all season, and they finally won it. Um, and that's important to me because this tournament so often you can win, you can win a, listen, if you've ever played in any tournament, you understand how important seeding is and how important misseeding is. And that's what I think happens the most in this NCAA tournament, not just this one in, in, in particular, but just in general, I think it's misseeding. When you misseed a team, it fucks up a whole side of a bracket. It fucks up a whole region when you misseed one or two teams. You understand? And, you know, it just is what it is, man. So we'll see. I keep, I'm going to keep everybody updated on this Duke and Kansas game. Duke has reclaimed the lead, 71-69, minute 25 to play. Uh, we'll keep you posted on that. But listen, man, People Champ Radio, I'm not going to be here um, uh, for a whole hell of a lot of time, man. I'm going to get in and get out. You dig what I'm saying? But uh, let's talk this, though, man. Let's talk about the NBA. And how everyone in uh, associated with the NBA has basically um, held their breath for the last couple of weeks when they're looking at the um, at the Golden State Warriors because of the injuries. Everybody apparently is scared shitless right now um, because what if the Warriors don't go into the playoffs healthy? So fucking what? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be the harsh dude, right? Uh, but so what? And I tell you why I say so what? Um, because no, number one, injuries are a part of the game. It's a lot of teams out there who wish they had they had health. Health plays a role that people don't talk about in championship squads. You never know who's going to remain healthy. Um, but health is very important, very very important, and. You know, we'll see what happens, but Steph Curry, you know, had the ankle injury. Then he had the he had the knee thing, MRI, grade two MCL sprain. So when you're already hobbling with a bad ankle 
anybody who's ever turned an ankle knows that even when you come back, it still takes a little while, right? And he has a history of ankles. Now you add on top of that the fact that he has a MCL issue. And listen, while Steph is a great basketball player, a really good basketball player, he's not super athletic. He's quick. He's not fast, right? People, a lot of motherfuckers don't understand that difference. He's quick, not fast, and he's not a super athlete in terms of he doesn't explode off the ground as it is. So some of these things can just, you know, uh, uh, hinder you a little bit. Update on the game with Kansas and uh, Duke. They are going to overtime, ladies and gentlemen, 72-72 all. They are headed to overtime for the right to go to San Antonio, Texas and represent in the final four. So we got a little extra basketball. Why not? But back to the to the Warriors. So when you got a guy like that who 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 is a little bit banged up, maybe it slows him down, maybe it doesn't. I don't know. Um and then you got Kevin Durant who's been dealing with some things. Draymond Green is dealing with some things. Listen, man, it is what it is, right? Um you're not gonna see me cry or complain or put an asterisk next to somebody else if they win this championship or if they let's say Houston knocks them off or let's say they get knocked off early in the playoffs I'm talking Golden State I'm not gonna put an asterisk next to that not putting an asterisk next to that it is what it is at this point right and that's not me shitting on them that's just me keeping it a buck Oklahoma City currently in third right now a lot of shit man Oklahoma City caught all year there's still some time to go. There's 74 games in right now, so about eight games left for OKC. Eight games left. They're in the four slot. Still can definitely can get the can get the three spot still. And I thought coming into the season they were probably the third best team in the West. Um, and that was just because they had they didn't have the time to form the cohesion yet. And they can very well still end the season right where I thought they would be at the. Third best team in the in the in the in in the West. Um, so we'll see. Portland's still holding on to that three seed right now at forty four and twenty eight. Two games up on OKC in the loss column. In the loss column, OKC is at forty four and thirty. Shout out to the to the uh, New Orleans Pelicans, man. Shout out to the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, when somebody like Boogie goes down. And you've already traded assets to get somebody like that. You don't know what that team's gonna do. Are you gonna pack it in? What's gonna happen? You dig? And they decide to take the take the opposite route and say, "Yo, we're gonna keep just balling." And they have just been balling. Shout out to them, man. They they play some real good ball. I talked about it last week on the program. I think Anthony Davis deserves more MVP consideration than he's getting, which is zero. And and you know, I heard somebody say last week that the MVP should be, you know. Uh, they were talking about the whole situation where with the MVP you have to, you know, be finishing in a, in, in a certain spot in terms of your, 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 your team standings, um, which is, which is ridiculous. And then they said, well, you know, if you take that guy off the team, that team isn't, you know, first overall in the, in the seating. They were talking about James Harden. Well, no shit, dumbass. You take any superstar off of any team in the NBA and they're not in that seat that they're in. They're all in the lottery. Go take Damian Lillard off of Portland. And where are they at? You feel me? 
I mean, this is with every team. You take a superstar off and that team completely falls apart or starts plummeting. So that's not something that, you know, to go crazy about or, you know, that's not that stupid shit to me. But, you know, we're looking at an NBA right now in which there's some panic about injuries. There's some panic um, about matchups. You see, the, the NBA at times... The stars aligned for them, Magic and Bird, right? Stars aligned perfectly. Magic plays MJ in MJ's first championship. The monkey off the, I'm sorry, not the monkey off the back, but it's the quote-unquote changing of the guard, right? Stars aligned perfectly. You get a reboot some years later of that great Celtics Lakers rivalry when you get the big three and you get Kobe and those guys the late the stars align but there are sometimes in the NBA which um is very unfortunate for the fans but there are times which those stars don't align we never got to see Kobe and LeBron in the NBA finals I've said it for years now it would have broken all records for NBA finals I still believe that because for as great as the Warriors are, for as great as they are as a team and as, an, as, and as an attraction, they don't have that one guy who's as polarizing um, as Kobe Bryant was. And at that point, you got to remember the LeBron you're dealing with is not a LeBron that had went to, um, to Miami and then come back. This is still a homegrown Akron boy from Ohio, right, who's in Cleveland battling it out with with Antoine Jameson and 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 the Wizards and them dudes and battling it out with Ben Wallace and and, and Rashid and Billups and 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 them fellas with the with, with the Pistons and having a battle with the Celtics when they finally got the big three. So you're dealing with that guy. And they never got to meet up. They should have. For whatever reason LeBron and the Cavs couldn't beat Dwight Howard, Rashad Lewis and Hito Turkaloo. But that's another story for another day. Um so sometimes you know, the stars don't align. Right now, what everybody wants to see, what they really want to see in the NBA, this the dream scenario for the NBA, Rockets, Warriors in the West, Boston, Cleveland in the East. That's the dream scenario. That's the dream scenario if you're an exec an exec in the NBA doesn't look like they're going to get that just and sometimes it's going to be the way that that the seeding aligns right so maybe you get a matchup that you wanted to get in the finals in the conference finals you get it before then or maybe a team gets knocked out of there so if they don't get that it's a missed opportunity and when you have a team like the Rockets see Health is 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 important as we discuss with with Golden State, but also what's important is you never know if you can duplicate or 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 replicate a great historic successful season. Do you know that the Rockets just posted the most wins in Houston Rocket history? I didn't. I mean, listen, fifty nine wins. You say, damn, hold on, none of those Hakeem teams won fifty nine. No, but you don't got to do that to win the championship. It looks good on the resume, but you don't got to do that to win a championship. You just got to 
play better <laughs> than the teams that you're playing against in that series. And understand, what's different from the NCAA tournament is that if you beat a team four times in a series, you are better than that team. Now, we can put some asterisks and some context there. If there are guys or several guys who are injured, then that would then, then I would say you're you're better than that reincarnation of the team, right? That as that team current as currently assembled with the injuries, you're better than that team clearly because you beat them four times. And so they tend to get it right, man. 76-76 Duke and Kansas right now, two forty three left in overtime for the right to go to the final four. Going back to college, though, real quickly. Coach from Florida State is getting a lot of flack, man. A lot of flack he's getting because he did not call a timeout. I'm sorry, he did not file file with, uh, I think it was 11, 11, 12 seconds left in the ball game, and he didn't file. And he was asked why he didn't file. And, he, you know, a lot of people are saying he got testy. With the with the reporter who who asked the question and it's the whole thing. Well, she's just doing her job. Da, da, da. My thing is, it's not that deep because people are making two things people are making out of. So I'm gonna talk about the the issue separately. I'll talk about the timeout second. Let's talk about the underlying thing people are talking about. The whole interaction with him and I think it's Dana Jacobs. I believe I, I believe it was that was interviewing him. Um, here's the thing with that, right? It's this thing that they do now or Dana Jacobson, I'm sorry. It's this thing they do now um, where women are equal, which is why they get these positions. But if you respond to a woman a certain way, it's like, oh, well, look at how he responds. She's, she's just doing her job. Well, here's the reality. Greg Popovich responds damn near every single game to um, anybody, male or female, because he don't give a fuck, boo, with disdain, with dismissal, um, with arrogance sometimes. And when it's a guy, no one ever says anything, right? Most of the guys even try to like laugh it off, right? Understand, when you're doing that job, when you're going up to somebody right after they uh, lost the game and you're trying to, quote, unquote, get a reaction, you're trying to get, you know, it's just not the best thing to do. It's a reason that they do it. It's because they know the person is emotional. They know that they can possibly get a good soundbite right now. You should never talk to anybody after something like that. You you know, you're not in a good mind state. You just lost a, lost a game uh, to go to the Final Four. Or I guess in that case to go to the what was it to the elite eight they were going to I don't remember, but you know you just lost a big game, and now someone's running up on you and, and they're also questioning your decision making, um, in the final seconds of the game, and so I don't think it was that deep. I felt like it was some underlying racial, um, uh, things there that a lot of people were pushing, and I didn't agree with them on that, and I rarely do. Right, a lot of people were pushing the some some racial things in there um you know because it's always that narrative with the big black guy yelling at the white woman sideline reporter you know it's the richard sherman thing you know we so we, we've seen this before right um let's explore this a little deeper though the question she asked yes it's a legitimate question he was down four with 11 seconds to go and he chose not to foul yes that's a legitimate question 
His response was his fucking response. He didn't curse her out. He didn't do people. Oh, well, look at the way he looked at her and look at he. People started making that way bigger than it was. But let's explore his decision not to foul. Right. You foul with 11 seconds left. Right. Let's say they miss both. You got to now come down and score. If you're planning on fouling again, then you don't have to get a three. A quick two will do. If you get a three, nice. Let's say they shoot a three and make it, right? So let's say, I don't remember what the timeout situation was, right? Um, but it doesn't matter what the time uh, timeout situation was because let's say you had a timeout. Let's give you the best scenario. Let's say they miss two and you have a timeout. So they miss two, you get the rebound, you call timeout. They are now going to have some slight pressure. They're not going to be full court pressing, but they're going to have some slight pressure so that you can't just roll the ball to half court. It's going to be some slight pressure. So you're going to have to pick it up probably three-quarter court. And now you're dribbling up the court. Point guard's pushing it fast. You're looking at probably minimal six seconds to get the ball across the court. Point guard's probably going to try to set something up. He's probably setting a screen for a shooter, him to come up and get a shot off. Let's say he makes it. Six seconds now to run off the clock. So now you have five seconds left in the ballgame. And you foul. And he misses two more. And now you and, and now let's say you you do or you don't have a timeout, it doesn't matter. But he misses two more, you get the ball, you're going down the court with a chance to win the game. That's the best case scenario. That's the be- even if he makes one, you still have a chance to win the game or tie and go to overtime, right? So I get what people are, are, are saying, right? That their quote unquote was a chance no matter how slim it is. I understand that, right? I understand that. But also, ladies and gentlemen, understand what I just gave you were the best case scenarios in that situation. And listen, he's he he's there and and you know, I, I don't know what he was thinking, wasn't thinking, but he thought the, felt like the game was over from his vantage point. And it is what it is, man. Is it okay to question it? Of course it is. Of course it is. Is it okay for him to respond um, with some hostility even, or not necessarily hostility, but but to respond with some, you know, whatever? Yes, I think that's okay too. Fuck, we don't live in a place where, like, you have to be this machine and you just, oh, no, well, that's an excellent question. And, you know, I just felt like at the time in the game, no, 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 that's stupid. And again, they're they're talking to you at that point because they want to get a reaction. Um, go pull up a, a a video. It should be on YouTube. I believe it was Peter Vesey. For those of you who remember Peter, Peter Vesey working NBA sidelines. He goes up to Carl Malone after they lost. I don't remember if it was the first or the second game uh, uh, championship that they lost to the Bulls. And he's interviewing Carl Malone. And he, I mean, listen, the man just lost the NBA Finals. And he immediately is asking the guy. It's not even 10 minutes after, you know, losing the Finals. And he's asking him about, hey, a lot of people are saying that you didn't play well. Did you think, you felt like you didn't you didn't live up and you didn't perform? What do you think about this? You didn't really do this. And, and, and yeah, Carl Malone, he doesn't go crazy, but he gets a little like, you know, like, come on, what the fuck? You feel me? But that's what that's designed for at that point. You're, you're trying to get a re- If you weren't trying to get a reaction like that, what you would do is let that person go into the locker room, change his clothes, calm the fuck down. And then when they come out to the to the uh, uh, to be interviewed, then you would ask those questions after they had a chance to process, calm down a bit. Now it's fair game. But you're asking somebody when they still got their jersey on, they're fresh off, the emotions are high. That, 
it's built for bullshit. You dig what I'm saying? So it is what it is, man. It is what it is. It is what it is, man. I, I wanted to have a wrap up of this KU and Duke game before I got off of here, but it doesn't look like I am, man, because I'm I'm getting ready to break, man. Make sure y'all watch that boxing this week. Park versus Anthony Joshua. That's going down. Oh, last night did y'all did you watch that Dylan White Lucas Brown fight? My God, a brutal knockout. When you start having heavyweight brutal knockouts, listen, that's not good for your for the human body. Go go pull up that knockout. Dylan White knocked out Lucas Brown. Oh, it is a he is completely out. It is Pacquiao esque the way he's out. Um, man, they had to put oxygen on him. It was it's difficult to watch. Um, a lot of good fights though uh, last night. It was some fights on ESPN as well uh, as well live from Puerto Rico. Some good action fights there. Um, now you got Andy Joshua coming up. Charlo was going a little bit off on his Instagram live the other day. He's going off on Adrian Broner. He's going off on Tank, uh, on 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 Lil Tank, uh, Floyd's fighter man, Javante Tank Davis, uh, Tank Davis. And so I don't know what 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 that's all about, but he, you know, Charlo's going in on them. You dig what I'm saying? So. A lot, a lot to come up though. But Charles actually going to be on that card with Adrian Brown on April twenty first. That's going to be a really good card. Uh, Tank's going to be on that card as well. Really good card, man. A lot of good boxing coming up. Make sure y'all uh, get in on that as well, man. Listen, People Chat Radio. We feel ready to get up out of here. Before I go though, man, salute to everybody out there, man, who doing their thing. And I'm gonna leave y'all with this, man. Sixty seconds of some real shit. Um, I holla again. You have to be logical. You know, if if I know. In this hotel room, they have food every day, and I'm knocking on the door every day to eat. And they tell, and they open the door, let me see the, the party, let me see like them throwing salami all over the. I mean, just like throwing food around. Where they're telling me there's no food in here. You know what I'm saying? Every day, I'm standing outside trying to sing my way in. You know what I'm saying? We are hungry, please let us in. We are hungry, please let us in. After about a week, that song is going to change the we hungry, we need some food. After two, three weeks, it's like, you know, give me a little food, we're breaking out the door. And after a year, and you just like, you know what I'm saying? I'm picking the lock, coming through the door, blasting, you know what I'm saying? It's like you hungry, you reached your level, you don't want any more. We asked 10 years ago. We was asking with the Panthers. We was asking with them, you know, the civil rights movement. We was asking. You know, now, now those people that were asking, they're all dead and in jail. So now what do you think we're going to do? And we shouldn't be angry. And my raps that I'm rapping to my community shouldn't be filled with rage. You know what I'm saying? They shouldn't be filled with the same atrocities that they gave to me. In the media, they don't talk about it. So in my raps, I have to talk about it. And it just seems foreign because there's no one else talking about it.